everybody. This is Carlos. Thanks for joining us. On today's show, we're going to be speaking with Richard Field of All-Star Constrictors. Richard is well known for his insights on the European boa market. Heads up though, the audio is a little choppy, but it's totally worth it, since the info he gives us is key to understanding the future of the Sharp Complex. We're going to talk about how he got involved in the boa game and his plans for the upcoming season. We're also going to talk about his experience working with the Paradise Project. Finally, we're going to talk about what it's like to import boas from Europe. Boa Rack Radio is on the air now. Welcome everybody to Boa Rack Radio. I'm your host, Carlos Rojas of Morse Unleashed, and with me is my co-host, Sergio Hernandez of Sergio Hernandez Reptiles. What's up, Serge? Hey guys, how's it going, man? Hey, good, man. Yeah. So today, our guest is uh, Richard Field of All-Star Exotics. So based out of Michigan, Richard has worked to integrate many pastel lines into the Sharp Complex Boamorphs. All right, Richard, welcome to the show, man. That's how you doing? Good, brother. So for those that haven't had a chance to uh, know you or maybe aren't are fairly new to the hobby, give a little bit about your background and how you got involved with reptiles. Um, started when I was uh, around four or five years old. So watch a lot of... Um, wildlife TV show with my granddad and um, from there I kind of found a love for um, not just reptiles but animals in general and um, later on led to me getting gerbils, lizards, frogs, alligators, dogs, cats and um, led on you know, now even still following me to this day so um that kind of got me started though at the young age, watching it on TV. So when did uh, you pick up your first boa? Uh, I got my first boa when I was 14. Uh, saved up for it, um, obviously, in, in uh, Michigan. Um, I got to earn the money with all this snow up here. So I <laughs> a lot of <laughs> shoveled a lot of snow and um, ended up going to the local store um, and buying one. That's awesome, man. So um, – I know that uh, you're pretty passionate about some stuff outside of reptiles and snakes, and that's uh, your love of basketball, and uh, you you made a career of it. So talk a little bit about how you got involved in basketball and eventually how your career ended up kind of developing. Yeah, I've been playing since I was a young boy. um, My cousin first um, introduced me to the game. He used to babysit me, and we used to um, be on a on a coat hanger actually and a bought up sock because we couldn't go outside so um <laughs> we'll be putting a hanger and making it into a circle and playing That's on the awesome. door <laughs> yeah and um i kind of found you know of started right there and then um after that uh height height um grew i'm six five so you know being taller and everybody advantage um at a young age to uh, plan and then end up high school um being a high school stand i'll end up going to college and playing um junior college for two years and um i end up playing at division two for two years um junior college was one of the top programs in the nation um i got division one offers i end up turning them down to play um the coach that basically guaranteed me i went to school i end up being a pro and um that kind of spoke me um that school was in area pennsylvania i played there for two years and then after that i ended up um, going to iceland after i got my agent and started my career in czech republic and in slovakia 
So what was it like playing in Europe and playing in Iceland? Uh, it was nice. Um, at first, it was it was a, a challenge. Um, language barrier. Um, it's different when you you know talk to people and uh, you gotta gotta like sound out exactly what and then watch their mouth. Um, I accustomed to that. Um, but as far as the the landscape um, in Iceland was it was nice. It was a lot of mountain where. Um, green um I, I was dealing with 20 hours of darkness during winter time during uh, basketball season so uh, for one time um a guy came over to fix um our stove and it was 10 30 or something and he was knocking on the door looked at my team i said why is he coming over here so early <laughs> like i thought it was to seven maybe. i was like why is he over here so early and he was like Rich is ten o'clock, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I looked out, and it was still dark. Um, you know, just dealing with that, and um, the sunrise would come around noon, and I right. had to go outside and try to catch some before it set again. Those type of things. Man, that's a trip, um, especially for like an athlete who, you know, has a schedule that they tend to follow. You know what I'm saying? Especially coming from the states, that would yeah. been, that'd be a tough, tough thing to to deal with in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was it was quite crazy. So, you know, I'm seeing just walk to school and you know, in dark darkness, and, you know, almost going back home darkness. So, I try to make sure that I I got out in them, you know, four hours of the day and at least sort of some daylight. Um, I was uh at the time um, in a a girl there and um, food was crazy. They, I got offered sheep face and she tongue. <laughs> She was like, hey, come in, um, you want this? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I got some, you know, I'm thinking, you know, regular goat. But right, 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 right. it was a, it was a, like, fake to have with meat and we're eating. And I said, no, nah, I can't, I can't do that. Y'all, <laughs> I'll leave that, I'll leave that, y'all. So, um, you know, dealing with, you know, those type of things, going to the grocery store, picking up stuff that you think is, like I said, hammer meat and um, it's not hammer. Is something else like some type of pork and lamb mixed together, and horse or something. In Iceland they eat horse too. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, so um, just uh, you know, dealing with the language barrier, the food, the the, the culture in general, on trying to figure out you know what to to know what polite, what's not polite. Um, learning the the few words that can get you by in um, you know, and. For, for, I, it was it was because a lot of people spoke English. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Most countries speak English. When I moved to Czech, and I played in Slovakia. We talking about people who don't speak English and don't want to try to speak English. So um, unless you were in big city, um, you can have some difficulties, you know, maneuvering around um, those type of you know um, areas because. They don't even like. I, I got pulled over one time, and a police officer told me, "Uh, yeah, yeah. and I know he kind of speaks English, but he didn't want to speak it. So yeah, yeah. he told me, uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, fast speed, and I like, okay, and he was ticket, and <laughs> I speak English, and he was like, you and you speak Czech, 
I said, I'm American. <laughs> hey, how do you want me to speak to you in Czech? I, I'm American. Like, I can't, I can't speak Czech. And he was fine, fine. Uh, he tried to give me, you know, a 5,000 crown is, is like a dollar, I think, in U.S. So, I'm like, man, whatever, whatever. I get. So, just get out my, you know, just get away from me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, he's trying to, you know, force me to speak Czech, but. There's no way in hell I could have spoke check to him. I didn't even. I was there for about two months before I got pulled up on um, speed. And didn't know you had to have a um a highway ticker to even drive on a highway there. So um yeah, those things you know, I was playing ball over there and um you know language barriers. Like I said before, different countries have different um cultural things that you have to be aware of, and uh, it was a nice experience though. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And and, and uh, one of the things I think we were talking about offline is the fact that while you were there and you were able to play during your off time, you were able to kind of start uh, meeting a few of the breeders in Europe and kind of learning a little bit about the European uh, uh, reptile scene. Yeah, yeah. I started um, <clears throat> um, actually, I went to a, a local reptile show and um. That's what got me on on sharps. I was kind of towards ball pythons at the time. Um, I knew that once I started playing, I was going to build my collection. And I started playing when I was thirty, so I started towards um, what morphs I was going to get into. It's been um, following the scene and kind of you know watching what's going on. And then when I went to that show, I seen um, nice sharps. I seen um, high contrast sharp. Really got me. Um, that pulled me in, and once that happened, um, I uh, contacted. Him. I drove about two hours to see uh, his collection, and cat was pretty much close. And he was one of the originators that um, imported sharps from Brian Sharp himself right, um, right. into you, and um. He kept line breeding, and I got to see some real, real nice examples of um the more uh, that kind of me going. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So let me ask you, what lessons from basketball have you brought over into the world of reptiles and kind of uh, the way you've you've handled your business here? Um, you know, I some guys like to uh, I would say chase clout sense even yeah, even yeah, in yeah. this hobby yeah, yeah even in this hobby um i always been you know a humble guy i i, I don't need a back i don't need to be you know miss off of, off of bowls i'm i'm good in that regard um i, I try to, you know stay even kill like I, like I do you know dealing with you know other players and now on the court I'm different like i'm a you know <laughs> I'm gonna try to go at you, but the reptile, you know, just being disciplined, staying on your top of your collection. Um, I want to be the best uh, basketball player that I be, so I kind of, you know, in a sense, take pride in having some of the best animals, you know, when it comes to that. So um, I could say that kind of translated in a in a in a way, but um, besides that, just 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 being humble and not uh, not um a sense. Yeah, no, man, that that's cool. cloud chasing. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And um, let me ask you, what made you go from a hobby collection into a breeding collection? Oh, 
always wanted to breed. I bred um back two thousand and three. I had two normals and I bred. I had a litter. Um, I knew that eventually when I stopped playing, that I would um end up um becoming a breeder. I uh, always kept animals, even in college. I had animals in my dorm room in my apartment. My team thought I was crazy. Um, they would walk in and see a, a six foot snake and um, see an alligator, see a lizard, and I'm ouch. And he'd go out, I won't put him back in. So he'd just be in there and it wasn't that good for me. But, you know, uh, my teammates um, would kind of, you know, call me crazy or whatever. You know, for me, it was it was normal. I always had a, a passion for, for them, um, exotic animals in a sense. So, um, I always wanted to become uh, a breeder. Um, I bred tails back in 2003, I had a litter uh, then, and um, it was always pretty much, um, in a sense, not a hobby to me. The only reason it was a hobby to me is because I couldn't actually keep animals for very long. With me, you know, bouncing from school to school, for me bouncing from uh, school to overseas to one country to the next country to the next country, um, it didn't allow me to actually establish uh, a breed. Yeah, no, quality, that means, you know, yeah. facility or whatever. So, yeah, um, yeah, that that basically didn't stop me from from being a breeder early in years that I could have been. Yeah, no, I got you, man. Now, uh, who are some of the people that uh, you looked up to when you were kind of getting started within the BOA game? I know we talked a little bit offline about uh, that you admired some of the sharp stuff Jeff Ronnie had been doing. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, um, he. I've been following Jeff for, for a long time, even when he had the website and had the green... Um, most as uh, I think it's, it's bound or something like that when he had the um, Peruvians and oh yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I'll, the locality stuff heavy yeah yeah the locality yeah, so I always kept my eye on him um he um you know with the sharps and uh, I kept I kept following him um Kyle Frost I believe has some sharps uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe he has some nice sharks, but Jeff, Jeff, um, um, has some, some, some nice animals. And I, I, me and Jeff, I see him. We we catch up, talk. I spoke with him a couple times over the phone. Um, talked about the project, um, project, and um, I spoke um a couple of years ago at Tinley, and I told him how I wanted to try to you know incorporate some um some color into the projects. I think. It, are underrated as far as positive goals and um he has in a um you know i mean one of the pioneers he, he kind of get you know um who already has a nice you know collection established but he can plug a lot of nice things into um his animals you know early on and and, and i plan on you know trying to you know piggybacking off that and moving yeah. moving it more so um, I would say, um, uh, before I think Sergio, um, I know he, he's low key, but every time, like I said, when he puts something out there, you, you gotta, <laughs> uh, go click on it because you know something fire. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, um, Tony Antucci, he's nice. This VPI game is crazy. Um, 
um, Chaz Shillings. I talked to Chaz, talked to Tony, talked to Thomas Cobb. Um, who else? Uh, Michael Rocco got some fire. Yeah, Mike is cool. I, I actually met Mike in, in Germany. Um, we ran into each other at the ham show. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a good time, man. And it was, it was cool. another American over there and uh, yeah, we yeah. got to chop, chop it up for a minute. Solid, man. That's a real solid guy, man. I yeah, like, no, I like Roscoe's Mike. a solid cat, man. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't like Mike, I, I'm wrong with you. So, um, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> do, but, uh, yeah, man, them type of, you know, them guys, um, I, I really, um, pitch into their, their, um, projects and what they what they have i mean if, you, if you're trying to build and you know you wanted a in a sense top guy it don't, it don't take a it don't take a million dollars and that's the thing like like you got to go and spend a million on something like you can start your you know you don't have to go get the highest um quality animal you can you can build your own projects and, and a lot of I me mean, it might get you further ahead you might get there faster you know being able to add the money to do it, but it, it don't necessarily it don't it doesn't take money all the time. I think a lot of these um, new guys think you got to come in here first, or you got people telling them that um, can't make money in a sense breeding snakes and all that and discourage them. But um, I think that uh, it's the opposite. I really feel like you you being selective on what you grabbing. I think you you can have a future in this, and um, you got a lot of life without a. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And I think that's a really good point because obviously money helps, but I think more than anything else is having the right eye for the right project, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I think the guys that are really successful, they, they really kind of share that quality because they're able to look at a project, see the potential in that in that particular project, and then you know, essentially leverage that versus necessarily just going out and throwing a bunch of money at what everybody else currently has, right? Right, right. Right, right. So let me ask you, what's your current uh project focus right now? Um I'm I mean obviously the, the sharps, um I'm dealing with purple and then the prodigy gene, uh red pastels. Um a lot of them animals wanna you know, start to be back together, start to put a the paradise stuff I think is like very underrated. I think um, a lot of it just red, just, just just to say you got, you know, um, I'm being in paradigms together, and it just be two rare normal paradigms, but not focusing on making that, you know, um, generation of next offspring, you know, better than it. So um, I'm, I'm to a color into those projects. And crossing, crossing color too as well. See, you know the outcome. Yeah, no, uh, I think you're totally right. Um, one of the things that I think we're starting to see overall in the industry, and Sergio, feel free to jump in, is uh, the fact that now we're looking at older genes like sharps and calls, and people are like, "All right, yeah, we know we can make albinos, but how do we make a, like a great albino? How do we make an right. outstanding example of that? What can I add to enhance this and take it to a whole new level?" And I think that's probably where uh, you've kind of shined uh, in the last couple of years. You had the foresight to kind of look at a lot of the projects that were happening in Europe and then see the potential in the States. And the reality is at the beginning, I, I remember when you started bringing in animals from overseas, a couple of people would hate on you because they were like, oh, that's not going to be genetic. Oh, no, that ain't going to happen. Um, but then 
as time has gone by, those same people are now the same people, you know, wanting to get those animals from you. Right, right, <laughs> which is right. the funny part, right? <laughs> right, yeah. man. You, it's, it's crazy because I, uh, it's a lot of when I first, you know, jumped on in a sense, I wasn't. I came out of nowhere in a sense. I wasn't on. Um, yeah, they see me, they see me come with some stuff from Europe that they thought only you know, big name breeders can get, and um, in a sense, that was right, but. With me actually being in Europe and living there and actually seeing these guys face to face, um, I got the relationships with them and got a chance to grab those certain animals. So when um, I brought them back to the US, I was gay because some of the guys didn't believe I was, they thought I was trying to scam. And I had yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. with them, conversations with them over the phone. I had to let them know, you know, exactly, you know, what was going on, and, you know, how I came about. Um, most type of animals, and then the guys that was hating, um, and and purchasing animals from me and apologizing. I was, I was, right, I was right. like probably four. Oh, that's got to feel dudes. good, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they told me in the beginning, they was, you know, um, yeah, I didn't know I was unsure about you, and you know, some people try to go hate and call you a flipper, and, and let you was that, and um, not a you know, breed. And actually, I do breed. I just don't. I don't show every single breeder I have. And I had some breeders this year. Uh, um, I bred a VPI to a um, RLT IMG, possible VPI Snow Woo! this year. Goddamn. Yeah, that I is a fire breeding, man. Yeah, thanks. And I didn't, I didn't post. So um, just let's try to label you. And I ain't doing nothing no different than some of these other guys been doing for years. Um, you know, part of, like I said, part of the – me actually uh, getting into uh, boas in Europe was me, you know, going by Celtics and Celtics was already in the U.S. and Celtics was already in the U.S. and being sold from uh, Manny at the time. And I bought a Celtic, I bought a couple of Celtics, and the breeder told me, "Hey, you can buy a couple more and take them back home, and you know, possibly sell them." And I said, "Okay, well, you know, sound good to me." So I ended up purchasing them, and you know, doing the same stuff that like I. This guy's doing uh Bob Clark is at Ham Show doing the same type of thing. Like so um you know, guys just try to label you as something hobby, but in the sense, you know, everybody you you I, nobody can say ever bought an animal and then never resold it. Might have not kept it for maybe for six months. So what does that make you? you no, know, that that doesn't mean anything. Well, I'll, so I'll be straight up, dude. I see nothing wrong with it. What some people give give hate as far as flipper, you know, in in my opinion, why not buying entire right. litter, especially a litter of rare animals, right? In and then sell it in order to pay for the animal from that yeah, litter so. that you want to keep. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Essentially, you're getting a free exactly. animal. Right? Exactly. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I don't I don't feed into that type of stuff. It doesn't doesn't bother me. It never bothered me at all from the beginning. They gotta understand. I, my skin is so thick. I've been in gyms with thousands of people yelling, saying whatever. So you think I'm about to <laughs> think you about to shake? That that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. So um, you know, just stick to I think is um, try to you know everybody the same and be you know, solid across the board and be earth and these you know guys I think um end up not being down to earth with and just being you know being normal when i say down to earth i mean just like treating everybody where we no different if you got five dollars in your pocket and want to come buy a boa or you got thousand i mean ten thousand in your pocket so i think 
um, in that regard, a lot of people are um, aside this hobby because of uh, you know money, and I don't want to ever get caught up in that. Yeah, no, I, I feel you, man, and I think that's that's a really good point. One of the, the kind of common theme about among the people that I, I try to get on the podcast is the fact that you guys definitely are the type of, of people that will treat everybody the same, whether they're going to buy a $300 bill from you or a $3,000 bill for you. Right. From you, you know yep. what I'm saying? The problem right. is, there. the reality is, there's a lot of breeders out there, man, that, you know, they'll be real, real nice to you if they think you, you're coming in they with some money. They think you're going to buy some, Right. right? And then yep. as soon as they set, as soon as you spend that money with them, then they ghost you, right? You right, don't hear, exactly. you, don't hear, you don't hear from them. They don't check in. And the reality is when you're spending a good amount of money, not only are you, and, and, and Tom's hit, hit this a couple of times, not only are you paying for the animal, you're paying for the support and the relationship that you end up building right. with that breeder because it's beneficial to everybody if – you know, you can establish some level of a friendship with dudes and then right. have multiple purchases over years with them, right? Versus right. just selling them one snake and that's it, you know? Right, right. And that's, that's the thing. I think a lot of guys, like, I have people hit me up and be like, yeah, I talked to so-and-so and he didn't respond to me because they look like they ain't got no money to spend or they don't have already high boas. And, you know, I, I you know, chopping and they like, man, know what? You're you're a cool dude. I wouldn't expect you to be like this. I'm like, why? Cause I got some expensive snakes. I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I don't care about that. Like, I don't care. This I'm able to buy some boas. You know, like that that doesn't. You know, I don't. I don't my boat. I'm I'm good in other areas in life where you know, I'm not on on a high. You know, popularity test when it comes to this. So um, then you up. You know, I end up. I, I, to a guy almost two years um oh and he ended up eventually um he couldn't buy he couldn't afford snakes at the time he ended up getting a job and then he ended up talking i said yeah you get a chance you know when you start to make money you know come come talk to me we'll work something out and uh he ended up buying purple he always liked them and uh yeah. you know later on he, he two years later he finally got a job and caught and came and spent um, a good amount of money with me. I'm like, you know, he said thanks, you know, over the years, and man, it wasn't even out, you know, the money. You know, you, you called a conversation with me about snakes. We both share snakes. Why shouldn't I talk to you about this? Like, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, um, I think I think a lot of breeders, man, once they get up, you know, um, start sitting on the high seat, they they look down on on, on little people, and I, I, that's not me. That's not I am. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So kind of along the same line, uh, let us know some lessons that you've learned in this hobby that you wish you would have known when you first got started. Uh, I would say I, I did a lot of impulse buying um, when I first got you know, in Europe and you know talking to different breeders. I was getting presented different projects, and I really wasn't doing my homework on them. Um, I really wasn't doing my homework on the breeder. Um, um, a lot of these guys that – you know, it's a little bit different in the U.S. Um, they tend to um, faster on um, there, I would say. Um, and then they they got they talk to different breeders there too. They have they uh, they stereotype against American breeders too. So, um, but right. speaking from my experience, um, I, I deal with both worlds um, on a regular basis. Too. So, um, in that regard, I was uh, doing a little better research. I bought I bought into some projects that either um, pan out the way I thought or um, they end up being dumped too fast. And um, for my, in my opinion, it wasn't 
really um, work with long enough to see the benefits of uh, breeding the the outcome. I think a lot of these guys over there, they don't even try to put things out. They try to make things up. And um, I had some guys, you know, try to make me see something. I see, I see in course. Ain't no Torquoise boy, you know. So, um, right. you know, uh, those type of things that at first I was like, oh, well, it was, oh, was really? I'm like, oh, well, let me get a quarter of those. And then they end up being a dud. You so um, just being a bit more uh, cautious in in regard when it comes to that. Yeah, I. You know, one of the things that I always found it found a a little bit trippy about Europe is the fact that um, I think people are more likely to get scammed a lot of times in Europe. And I don't know if this is wrong, so correct me. Um, But just because. a lot of times, as you're saying, they'll see things in there in certain snakes that might not be there, and they'll try to mark them up according to that. Right. Like when I had Dave Palumbo on the show a little while ago, uh, he's a guy that had a, had that happen to him with a uh, red ball python, right? So mm. this red ball python issue basically was an albino combined with a black ball python, and then supposedly the the product of that it was like a complete red. Ball python, something that looked almost like a blood boa, right? Mm. But so the, uh, apparently in Europe they had uh, hit up a bunch of various breeders that shown some live videos of this animal moving and everything, right? Mm. And it turns out that it was fake. What they had done is they had used some food coloring wow. to dye the. Oh yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, that. you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, in the yeah. meantime, a bunch of dudes in the states got burned on that on that project, right? Like wow. they spent a lot of money for hats for wow. supposed yeah. hats, and yeah. uh, nothing ended up coming out of it, you know? Yeah. And I think in the no, states, I... if if there's one benefit in the states is if somebody tries to scam out in the states, they get called out pretty fast. Right. And yeah. it's easy. It's it's kind of easy to find out. Whereas in Europe, maybe it's because there's so many countries in such a small area, yeah. you know. It, it makes it a little tougher to figure out what, what's really going on and what's the rep on a particular day. Right, and, and guys in Europe, man, they, they keep quiet, you know, about things. They whip amongst each other, but they don't blast each other. Like we do in the U.S., we'll right, blast right. each other, like, right away. Like, you know, this thing, where'd you get it? Show me pictures, or it ain't true. Like, right. you know, so in, in Europe, they don't, they don't tend to do that. Um, What they tend to do, though, is stuff up. I didn't had breeders say, oh, this is a quadruple pastel, super pastel, inchy blood something. And I'm like, how does a gene work? You know, yeah, they, um, can't they can't really, es- yeah. they can't explain it, you know. So, um, you know, it, it, you have to, you have to definitely uh, be careful because I, I, well, I, I'll be over there and I would take a train ride a total of 12 hours to a yeah. country to go see a collection. And I've done that multiple times, you know? So, um, if you, if I'm, if I'm buying and I'm spending that amount of money, I don't where you at. I'm there. I need to see it with my own two eyes. Yep. So, um, you know, if you're going to spend that amount of money, you might fly, spending a thousand dollars or whatever, or 1500 and might as well fly over there and see it for yourself. So, yeah, no, for sure, man. Yeah. So, uh, Let's talk about a little bit about the future of the hobby. Where do you see this hobby moving towards? 
uh, I think us moving toward um a lot of uh as of right now PIs. <laughs> Not joking. Um, a lot of people are I feel like are uh, different directions. I think that um you got people working with leopards. You got people um sharps VPIs um uh, working with just pastels. Um, sunsets are trying to come back. Um, a lot of people moving in, in different directions um trying to refine certain projects like, like you know me myself people trying to add more color to uh vpis people trying to bring that color pink panther vpi i don't really see um good examples of that really anymore um right right um i think going in, in, a, in a good direction at one time i slowed down for me because i don't think we had enough uh more so i don't think we enough um you know Different, different bloodlines to work, yeah, yeah. variations of bloodlines to work with, and um, now I think it's enough out there for everybody to to do some things and be focused primarily on the main stuff. So, no, that's a good point, man. Because like right now, you're right. There are so many different bloodlines out there, and so many different variations mm-hmm. that people can find one particular variation they really like and that they can make that like their specialty right that can make that their niche and they can like take those projects and explore those projects a little bit further what do you think sergio right yeah i also had a question like having the ability to travel and and check out collections overseas what are some of the genes that you've seen that like we're not exposed over here like for instance um i think earlier this year i saw enrico had a litter of uh indy and it oh, was yeah, with the, like the indie, indie motley yeah yeah and, and it's stuff that that indie, to be indie, honest indie, i didn't it almost even looks know like it uh like lab right yeah I, I didn't know it existed and it's a breeder female so <laughs> it's been out for a while and he's got quite a couple stuff like the indie and then i know um you've dealt with uh amber and chocolate and there, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of other genes that they've been around for a while i've never known about them what are some that you've seen that it's some that you'd like to see come to the U.S. I guess. Well, I, the Indies, uh, I I know the Indies. Me and Enrico um, is cool. He he's one of my guys I've been dealing with for years. Um, I I know about Indies before he even made it public. Um, he told me about them, and I actually have some. Um, Ooh. probably got yeah. I got a certain amount of animals. So, I'm gonna be hitting you up about those as soon as you produce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they um. When I first seen them, I was like, "What the heck is that?" I thought it was a lot at first, and yeah. um, he he was like, uh, "No, uh, you know, breeding trials and everything like that." And um, end up seeing them at the show, person, and I'm like, "Yo, sign me up! I need a, I need a pair of those." And um. That's that's one of the that I kind of gravitate to. It, it, it throws a lot of like, especially when you breed it to like, um, I'm saying spider tails. It throws a lot of full stripe. Um, it works kind of the jungle gene. A lot of Pharisees going on, right, but right. Um, it works different when you breed it to um, those type of animals and um, like the thick, like that's the heavy what, pattern morph stuff, right? That, right, right. So uh, I have a uh, I have I had them in my collection for a while now. I have Amber's. Um, my collection. I, I really like those. I, and a lot of, you know, me and breeders in, in Europe um, can't of grips with you don't got to make red boa with blood. I've seen some pastels that will smack blood. 
like yeah. so red, yeah. like you know, um, it's like burgundy, so deep red, and um, a lot of the guys in in Europe tend to tend with those type of animals. Um, the amber one of them, um, I have a few of those. Uh, I um, I should be having some drop about them from now nice. with that, and um. What else? Uh, Indies, amber. Uh, I would say. Oh, obviously the pearls. People know about that. Um, Do you still see a lot of the Russian teapots? I think that was being worked with a lot in in Europe, right? The Russian teapots. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of that um, mm-hmm. project. It was. Uh, they didn't. They didn't really excite me too much. Uh, Tyson, Tyson teapots is is nice. Uh, okay. But uh, I haven't seen those either over there. Um, besides, the, you know, the obvious ones that we know about, now, you know, the Raptors um, originated from there. Um, yep. Yeah, and I think right now Raptors are, like, just starting to get the attention they kind of deserve. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. I, I got I, – I, I'm, like, right now I have a couple of uh, uh, VPI things plugging into Raptor just because I, mm-hmm. I do think, like, that strong pattern morph is going to be – pretty nice and it's still you know not a lot of people are even mixing for example like the raptor with the key west right right and, and right things like that that still fully haven't been you know explored so there's a lot of potential right. with those same with the celtic the celtic is another morph that now is once again starting to blow up it blew up for a couple of years and we didn't hear much about it and now and now once again it's kind of coming back into popularity because people yeah. uh, especially since like the last couple of years seems like they've been dominated by the aztec Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now yeah. it seems like the Celtic is kind of coming back into popularity yeah. as one of those like strong morphs. And it just happens that a lot of the Celtic stuff um, that's coming in has been associated with the sharp gene. So, right. And a lot of a lot of um, uh, Celtic stuff. Me and Chaz Shillings um, talk about. He he's high on Celtics too. I have a my yeah. Celtic VPI is 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 my Celtic. Uh, Key West, and I, that's probably like my favorite VP collection, as far as like quality. Um, oh yeah. The Raptor, I, I first want to produce Raptor APIs, and my females are coming up to size now. I plan on doing that. Um, I plan on plugging, like yeah, like you said, plugging to some different VP stuff. And, I mean, a Raptor, a shit, Raptor, even a Super Raptor VPI, is yeah, smoke and snakes. It's you know crazy. I mean? It's crazy looking. Let's be real. I don't ain't both super raptor, um, probably visual sharp. What it is, super raptor visual, like it's like a mask on steroids. So, yeah, if sure. you can, yeah, so you can add into all, all the color that they have. Um, it'll be, it'll be a real nice animal, yeah, 100%. Man, yep, I agree with that. All right, boys, so we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about what it's like to import bonus. guys we're back so uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to Richard about was what it's like to import boas so like while the US has had many advantages as far as the number of keepers 
it always seems that Europe um, has not only caught up as far as quality of Morse, but they also have developed a lot of new projects uh, and even taken some projects that American Keepers had first and developed them even further, like the Sharp Albino, right? So um, this has led many people to start uh, importing snakes uh, from overseas. So um, Richard, I know, especially since you had your playing days occurring in Europe and you had the opportunity to be physically there longer than many other keepers, uh, you were able to establish good relationships with people in Europe. Um, and that eventually led to you uh, importing. So talk to me about what it was like importing in the beginning and maybe some of the things, some of the challenges that you faced when you started importing and then maybe how that process has uh, changed over the years. Uh, yeah, um, I'll uh, start um, importing um, out of check. Um, I had <clears throat> obviously um, difficulties with the language uh, if it wasn't for my wife I couldn't have done it uh, she, she obviously speaks she's tech so she's everything and we paperwork and after I had to figure out what to do in the US to you know get it here and get it cleared and um, you know the broker I had to do a life inspector um, I end up talking to some breeders that that were there they kind of you know walked me through it uh, or as the the amount of space that you have, the guidelines that you have to follow when it comes down to shipping, you know, the airlines that you should use, figuring out if your your airport um, is a is a designated port or not. Um, that that all played a, a part in um, importing. Um, it wasn't the easiest thing to do uh, at first. A lot of a lot of groundwork you I had to cover. Even when I got my snakes, you gotta take them to the vet and gotta um, get vet checks before you ship. You build boxes and, and things of that nature. So oh, that's right. Um, you guys have to actually build like containers to ship it. Right. Then, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, you know that you know that whole um, ordeal is especially if, like I'm in another country. Um, like I said. Um, my, uh, it wasn't for my wife. Uh, I don't know if I would be able to, uh, you know, do it on my own because of the language barrier. Um, yeah, people speak English there, but they're not they're not so helpful. So um, right. I have some some guys there that um that are already purchased animals from and already have done shipments, and they like I said, they kind of walked me through it. So it made the process a bit easier um for me at times, but um. The, the 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 society's permits on both sides that you have to fill out the uh, you know the the paperwork um, that you have to fill out and wait for and then you dealing with fish and wildlife inspectors in Europe and they're not always friendly then you oh, dealing yeah. with oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah then you dealing with elements back in you know the U S at one time you know I had a, a shipment and it got and I'm I called my fish and wildlife inspector and said hey you can leave my animals in, in the warehouse. Like, you got to put them into, you know, the building. At least it's warm. You know? So, um, they, you know, dealing with customs at times, um, you got to make sure that, you know, everything is, is in line because they can put a shipment up. I didn't, God you know, damn, man. People. That sounds so stressful, dude. Yeah. I just seen them help hold people's shit. I didn't see them, you know, take people's shipments. And, um, those type of things, you know, when it, when it comes down, you know, you get all your... 
crisscross and you know dot you know eyes but you don't stare and uh, understand exactly uh what's going on until you you do it and uh i, I heard stories before it happened and later on um you know you find yourself in those situations and then you, you remember you know um just heard and try to about doing it the the right way and uh yeah, but it is, it is it's times like like I said, you know, I mean, it's times where um you got to make sure you're doing everything right when it comes down uh, important because you don't want to get animal up at an airport or anything like that. Yeah, no, for sure, and I think that's one of the reason why, like now stateside, a lot of guys will go to you to you know get some help importing animals because I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the benefit with dealing with with guys like you or like Mike Roscoe or any other guys that you know have experience bringing in animals from overseas. Since you guys have already been through all that you know hassle and you've already experienced that process, you know it's good for the rest of us to try to leverage that, even if it's at a fee. Because right. really, what we're paying for is we're paying for your experience, and that right. that alone, just the peace of mind, kind of associated with having somebody that's done it before help you out, mm-hmm. I think yep. is absolutely worth it. If you if you're gonna try to you know save pennies, you know at the cost of potentially thousands of dollars, it, it don't make no sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of, yeah. A lot of people you know, have misconceptions on oh, it's just you can. This easy. All you gotta do is do this. That is not. It's not like that. Especially in Germany. Germany is real hard to ship out of. Um, in general, like I didn't. You can't even leave. A, I didn't know guys that we'd go to the show and um, end up leaving back from the show. No paperwork ain't, ain't right. They take your all your animals. Why you drive oh, it in the car? God yeah, damn. like it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's some different stories that you know I I didn't heard and um dealing with all those type of things and important is you know like it, it can be but it's not it's not as um it can be challenging at times too so yeah no for sure man so let me ask you what are some morphs or projects that european collectors are currently working with that have really attracted your attention lately um the indies indies is, is one of them for sure um i i tend to to work dig dive into those I, I, I like that that a lot. Um, uh, projects that I'm seeing it, uh, I see some CA stuff, which I'm not into, but um, yeah. a, a lot of that stuff I'm starting to take off, get a little bit more property over there. Um, I, I'm not in CAs, but uh, the CAs blood have um, Freak, Freak Newt. A, a good guy I talked to, um, Walter Berg, some nice animals out of CA stuff. Right. They actually, they VP lines is, um, once again, I, I feel starting to pass. Um, they, they starting to put the quality into it. This, um, uh, what's his, um, um, Harry, Harry. Yeah. He had some vit- litter of guys, the Goldolfo line. Right. That's real nice. Um, the Gandalf line. I mean, yeah, keep, Gandalfo line. Yeah, yeah those are, those are cool, could, man. It always seems yeah. like uh, that a lot of the folks in Europe tend to really work projects a little bit more thoroughly than we do here, you know? Yes. Maybe it's because over there it's a little bit more difficult to even get the animals, right? 
that when people actually get them, they're a little bit more thoughtful about what they're picking up, right? Yep. Uh, whereas in the States, people will, for example, buy a VPI and they will just buy another VPI to breed it to without necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, trying to have like the for, like the, the forethought that, uh, you know, of what they're trying to produce in the long term. They just want to make more VPIs, right? Just, just want them. That's it. That that's the difference. Uh, in Europe, they they are very selective. When buying animals from us, they're getting the best animals, even if they gotta pay another X amount of dollars to get that animal. They want to make sure they got the best for that that more. And uh, with us, we don't really care how it looks. It's like just give me genetics, you know. Yeah. And, give me the um, gene. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think. A lot of times when I look at their collections there and I say, okay, where did the base start at? And I look at this, a plain VPI, and that thing look crazy. Right. A plain blood, and it's like red. It ain't brown. It's red. Yeah. So um, they started off, you know, their, their line um, with the best apples of the morph. And uh, here in the U.S., I, I, don't, I don't think we do a good job at that. I think that's why they... In a sense, you know, surpasses with the sharp gene and um, with the even and then the VPI gene. I think it's gonna be be cutting the. I think it's gonna be next because I honestly oh, they're, they're already <laughs> starting to blow it up. Like they're like yeah. they were they were some of the first people to start plugging leopard into VPI, right? And you've seen, oh, yeah, for example, yeah. like that habanero that that uh, VPI leopard. Up. Yeah, right? that looked crazy. Yeah. That, that looks crazy, man. Like you yeah. know, they had the foresight to to wanna actually go after something like that and then obviously uh you dealing with the european uh folks you've been able to be one of the first people moving into a lot of these projects and like the main one that stands out especially when i ask anybody who's been in the hobby for a while that knows you they're like all right who's the first person that you think about when you think purple sharps and your name usually pops up right it's either you or tyler johnson that that you that are kind of driving the market stateside when it comes to purples and um as you're saying the per- that was because they basically took the sharp albino and they just really worked it until traits like the purple ended up popping up and now we got traits that are even taking that to another level like the blues right and right. Uh, and a bunch of other oh, I'm, a, I'm the now I, and i said it before i'm a, again um the the purples I was the like one of the first guys. I was the first guy to import them in in, yeah. in the U.S. Um, Absolutely. The high contrast sharps. I was the first guy to import them to the U.S. Um, Raptors. I like put them kind of you know to the U.S. In the US. Um, and the well, I went to the guy house in um, in uh, Slovakia and yeah. just 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 haven't off yet he still has probably a handful of animals he shows the original male and a lot of people always oh, got to be some type of they were asking it to be mirroring and it has to be um you know uh some some Diana or surname yeah, no yeah. he should he showed me the original male that starts purple line and it was a hypo and yep. had like uh he you to him and you tell that you know, it, it transferred to the babies a lot of people oh, think absolutely that. man when like yeah. I, I have a bunch of purple stuff in my collection some that i got from mm-hmm. you some that i got from tyler johnson and that's you're absolutely right you could take like a hypo 
that's het purple and you can pick it out man because right, they have right. like a they have a completely different hue associated with them right yup yup and, and that's not so, something they're getting from guyanas man i'm sorry no, like i've i've no. had I've had a ton of Guyanas. I think I got my first Guyana back in the '90s, dude. So I mean, I got mm-hmm. I got experience with them, and yeah, right. Guyanas do, do have a little bit of that going. Yeah, on, they do. But really, but really, it's not to the same level as the purples. And then no. if it was Guyanas, you know, you would also expect the coloration of the tail to be extended a little bit further up. You would expect right. the head to be wider, but it right, ain't. it's not. It's not. And and everybody's trying to trying to crack the code and i'm like you know crack is it was a hypo and I, not only is it a hypo you can you can sit here and look at the, the the offspring and tell okay you can line breed this trade and that's what they did and right. not every color transfer into a as well or transfer dpi as well like you can red i've just seen red pastels get into sharp and then the red pastel hat sharp get bred into a sharp albino and it color don't transfer so yeah. you got to be you careful when it comes to that but um when i first seen the purples i you know i told them, you know, lock me in because um i want some you know when once you start you know really get um get them going and then uh i end up getting the animals so that's one breeder so you know i i, I lived in check after i started meeting some other guys at shows that had also purple shows. it was already around in this area in Europe and um start to you know buy animals and start to raise and start to see if everything is not staying as purple um and some animals tend to fade out long most do stay purple until adults so I got to realize, um, I, well, I got to see breeders um, are really, you know, they are all purple when they start off, but, you know, what line is better to me? Um, yeah, and, no, I, and, I, and, and I think we see the same thing here within various pastel lines, right? So right. Like we could take, a, a, like, okay, let me uh, pull some out. So, for example, we can take an RC pastel. Okay, and those tend to stay red their whole entire lives, right? Mm-hmm. And then we might be able to take uh, another regular pastel line, right? Uh, let's say like a chunku, right? And those ones mm-hmm. might be super red as babies, and then might start fading out a little bit as adults, right? Right. So I mean, like, there's variation in everything else, and, and even from the same line. For example, like let's say. I go right now and I breed, um, well, I'm actually actively breeding like some purples to some paraglows, right? That are, he- that, that are uh, head sharps. And I know for a fact that when I have some babies out of that line, a handful of those babies are going to be as good as the purple dad that's breeding, right? But a couple of them will be purples. But really, they ain't going to be the best in the top of the line. One of the things right. that I think is a lot is difficult for people, especially people who are now coming over into the ball py- into the boa industry from places like the ball python industry, right? Mm-hmm. It's difficult for them to understand is that the ge- the name of the genetics is great, but really line breeding is king, right? Which right. means that you got to take the best animals from every litter and put them together with the best animals of another of another litter, right? Right. To yep. really try to push those colors forward push it, yep. so that the, the adults get purpler and purpler and purpler as they get older. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
and oh. it's and or pasteller and pasteller as they get older. But if you're mm. like let's say buying a purple, and you are breeding it to just a regular, you know, sharp, and then you're hoping all the babies are gonna come out super duper purple. Sorry to break it to y'all. It ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? (laughs) Some of them might come out a little bit more purple, but not all of them are going to get the exact same level. You know what I mean? Nope. So. And that's, yeah. And that that was, um, that was, that's a good example. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that think you can take one animal, especially when a polygenic trait, and breed it to something that don't, doesn't care to trait and think that you have, you know, a whole litter of that. And it's not. And then that litter everything the same as purples or whatever rcs or whatever and it's not like some some um animals didn't, didn't catch the, the trait so um but yeah, far as i mean even when they catch a trait they might not get as good of a level i mean we see the same thing right. with img boas right right you sometimes same you produce thing, a yep. litter of imgs and some of the babies as as, as adults will be jet black and some right. of them will be blackish Right, you know what I'm saying, and that you know, yeah, I don't, you know, obviously with the the pastel lines, it's a lot of a lot of good pets. RC pastels is crazy. Like Rich, um, gonna farm from time to time. He got he got, a, he's one of the guys I would say like he's selective when it come down to what he's producing. And, Absolutely, um, man. I got every, I got one yeah, of his every, pastels that looks like a damn blood boa. <laughs> yeah, his, his and all line it is is, is, a past, is an RC pastel. You know, it just, yeah, his line is crazy. Yeah, yeah so I mean. But going, I mean, going back to the, going back to purples, I, I mean, this is my opinion. I've seen it firsthand. Uh, there's, there's no blues. I never seen a, not seen genetics, um, well, the genes from from these animals, you know, uh, claim to be blue, and it's not a blue animal. I've seen the actual parents from that snake and an offspring. Two blues that together, and now these animals are adults, and I've seen it with my own eye, and it's a purple snake still. So, yeah. um, I've actually animals from this breeding, and my snake blue. So I, I don't that that color kind of throws me off. You know what I'm saying? I don't want people to think that I get contacted from time to time. You know, a lot actually, and people actually ask me, are our animals blue? And I'm, I don't want them to, you know. Go out and spend X amount of dollars on something disappointing. You know, um, yeah. I think that I think they are nice animals. Don't get me wrong, but if you're looking for the blue colors, you're not gonna find it in that animal. Um, yeah, and and one of the things I that like Tyler Johnson brought up kind of under under the same idea is the fact that those animals might only be blue for a short while. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. There, there might be like a six month span of their life where they're gonna be blue. But as an adult, they will be purples. The big thing yeah. with a lot of these is once again, is you got to start thinking about what the animal is going to look like as an adult. Will, as, we, as an adult. will we ever get to the point where we're going to have like a straight, straight up legit blue boa? Maybe. You know, I can't say no because line breeding is possible if you were to take all those, all the best purples over you, many, you, many, you. many generations. You might get closer to it, right? Right. But expecting you, expecting to have. Blue babies stay blue their entire no, it's life. Not it's happening. not real. It ain't real. Yeah. No, it's not. That's not gonna happen. I like to say before. I they hold back everything. Obviously, you you gonna hold back the best for yourself. So Absolutely. they've been breeding these animals years now. I didn't played in like almost seven, eight years now ago. You know, so um, these animals are out. Oh, they should be more blue. 
if you quote unquote say it's a, it's a blue trade in it, how did all of a sudden it about blue? And I seen originally where it started from. Oh, you know? I seen yeah. first where these started from and what they came from originally before you had even put them on a market. So, um, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, dis diminish any, um, anybody projects, but, um, what I, what I'm saying firsthand because I see these animals and I'm still almost that guy that, uh, purchased from that whole litter that was considered blue and they're adults now and then right there. So, um, that color is not, so, uh, yeah. not like I said, diminishing the, the snake's nice period care what, oh, yeah, what yeah, the, yeah. I'm not I'm knocking nobody they, they they nice looking animals but I was you know my theory on it ain't even a theory is what I my own eyes not theory I've seen it <laughs> so um isn't they not that's besides the um you know that's the yeah, point and I think, I, and I think it, it like anything else it's a little bit of like a marketing ploy right so like oh, hey, hey hold on let me say this guys in Europe well, tag something on there just for sales and it's and it and to me and they would sell something to tag into it and, and just to make a sale and they more in a sense out there tag a name you know people read stuff names just get more attention I would say for to themselves so it ain't it's not all what it's cut up to be you got to look at the app and do the eye test and that's what I tell people's eye test you see blue. You see purple, okay. If you see it, then it is. If you don't see it, then that's not what it is. Then yeah, mm -hmm. and, and that's exactly what it is, man. Like the way that I've always, for example, seen the blue line, right? In my eyes, mm. the blue line has always been just a really nice purple line. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yes. And I think naming yes. it the like, and that's one of the things that you kind of alluded to in the beginning when you were talking about your experience when you first started out in Europe, right? And mm -hmm. that's the fact that uh, people would market like for example the blue line as it was something brand new completely independent right you know like a standalone instead of being right. straight up with it being like hey this is my purple line you know what purple. i mean yeah. this, is, this is i just happen to have a really nice purple line you know right and then like i said don't get me wrong them, them animals are gorgeous but oh, yeah, yeah. I'm you're you. misrepresenting what it is to me because you tell me something like, and you want me to see that and I don't see it and you turning me off so yeah. um you know I just you know want people to be aware that like I said I do a lot of you know dealings with um guys over there and I didn't I didn't already been with it I wised up a, wised up a lot when it came to um projects and you know I mean most buys when certain genes and stuff like that so very careful in that regard, and I still go there. I go to, you know, I would like, like I said, my wife is check, so I go to probably like two or three times a year, you know. Oh, wow. um, besides, when I'm coaching, you know, so, um, besides when I'm coaching, I mean, you know, like I was just there, um, end up having to come back because of coronavirus, yeah. and uh, you know, I've been stuck in Europe, I've been stuck in Iceland, and a volcano went off in Iceland. <laughs> uh, oh, I remember that a couple I, of years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was stuck there. I actually seen the lava coming from the volcano from my house. Get out of here. It was oh, that close. Yeah. Yep. So I end up, and then people end up, oh, you come to volcano? I'm like, uh, no. You know what I'm saying? Because it was really, <laughs> I seen real lava shooting up from where I lived at. So, um, Damn. 
I, you know, I'm stuck in Europe, and it's, it's cool. Europe is cool, man. I um, I like the, you know, most of the people there and everything. Still stay in contact with even the breeds. Like, like I said, Rinko, me and the Rinko are cool. Walter Burke is cool. Cool guy. Um, Harry is cool. Rini, um, Freak. A lot of these breeders, um, Andre. Uh, a lot of these breeders are real, are real, real, real cool guys, man. Uh, Peter um, Horfariska is, yep. is a nice guy. Um, I, do, I, I do a lot of dealings with them. Still, still stay in contact with them. Um, Lou, he's from Slovakia. Like I've been in these guys' house and we didn't kick it. And you know, like this, some of them don't even talk English. Like we yeah. be in there, you know, Google Translate and trying to figure out what, what we <laughs> say to each other. Or I, or I have to bring my wife with me to make a deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because she speak, she speak the so. Um, well, you know what? A, a, a one thing, kind of one end of that. That's actually really dope, man, because that kind of speaks to the power of the animals, right? That it could bring mm-hmm. dudes from two completely different cultures to the point where they could be hanging out using Google Translate and still like enjoying each other's <laughs> company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that's awesome, dude. So, uh, give us some tips for people considering importing. Um. Uh. Do your research on, I would say, the, um, a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of guys in, I would say are, are solid. They, they're, how I feel like how we don't know the genetics of our animals. Like, I, I didn't get up by, you know, one of uh, my guys, and you got to know the wrong genetics. Or that person lied about genetics, you know, um far as like in hat for something you know um mm. so just you know ask for you know picture try to try to talk to the guys over a certain amount of time and just just know who you're buying from um yeah no that's a great tip man and i think do you, do you mm-hmm. yeah no it, and i think you're right and that's a great tip but i would add one thing to that man and that is if you really want to bring something in from europe reach out to dudes like Richard or like to Mike Roscoe, okay? Mm-hmm. Get the help of these guys. Pay them a fee to, for helping you out. Because at the end of the day, just the peace of mind is worth the price. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yep. Yep. Because yep. yep. I, 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 yeah, because another, like I, like I said, I'm go back to it. It's not as easy as people think. And a lot of breeders from don't like to import unless you're spending a certain amount of money, you know? Right. Um, and that's what they was telling me at first. They're like, yeah, if you buy, you know, spend 6000 euro, 7000 euro, and I import it. I'm like, I don't want to spend 6000 euro right now. I'm just building my collection. I don't want to buy all. Almost so, you know what, guys? That's what I figured out on my own. And that's eventually what I did uh, when I was there. But uh, like I said, uh, along with my wife. But, um, you know, you got guys that to spend X amount of dollars and end up um, have closing in a, in a bad deal. Somebody shorted another stick or somebody like they got the short end of the stick and um, you end up bad each other and it's not good for, you know, the one of you or the hobby. So you got people in with stocks and importing from different countries and from Europe because they got a whole story or doing business with um guys from on um, the west or europe you know and um i was dealing with that type of stuff first and i had to be relationships with people at the time to um uh, actually like you know 
do good business with them and they start to, you know, make certain deals and, and things of that nature. So you can build relationships with good breed over that that'd be good because be more willing to um God eventually um you guys can do dealings together. Yeah, no, for sure, man. All right, guys. Hey, so now, go ahead, oh. Sergio. Hey, Rich, I got a question as far as importing. Like, for anybody that's looking to buy a boa uh, overseas or anything, what would you say is the threshold where it's not worth it anymore? Like, let's say if a five hundred or a thousand dollar boa with the import fees and costs. What would you say would be the minimum threshold for someone to decide whether to purchase one or not? Uh, it it kind of depends on if you're importing through a person. I personally haven't imported um in a while. Uh, I, I typically don't import animals um for people because I don't want to be responsible in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. if, it, if it's my animals, then I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't had a, a few people on con me before and asked to put some animals on a shipment. And, you know, I, I'm like, you know, Hey, it's going to do this. And, um, I'm not responsible, you know, uh, yeah. you know, I'm shipping my animals on with them in a box, but just an animal that's not, you know, that expensive i would say uh, doing it on your to me in a sense it's, it's like this is this is not worth it because it's, it's a headache <laughs> like I, I don't enjoy shit importing i'm i'm sorry it's like it's a it's a headache to me so um it would have to be worth it like the animal has to be probably more than that amount of money i would yep. say that's my personal opinion <laughs> yeah now is there like a threshold that you've noticed as far as like european breeders where they're like okay if it's under a thousand euros, euros, they're not even gonna bother to deal with. They you. only waste their time. Yeah, a lot of them won't waste their time. I mean, um, different, you know, um, ways to get animals to the U.S. now. But uh, I know Ship Your Reptiles, I think, is doing something maybe with Canada and stuff like that because you know right. it's yep. just close, close to the border. Um, a, a, a lot of guys waste their time if they actually have to do the importing themselves or they don't know how to do. It. They import. I mean, they're importing themselves, so um, they just won't even. They won't even bother. So I have to tell you know a lot of a lot of the, you know guys I deal with over there already know that speaking to them that I, I tend to get you know I know how to do everything myself. But if you before that they were like wouldn't even answer my um my my, my inbox my mess and then they see me at the show and be like oh uh, he's real you know? yeah, so yeah, um, yeah so. They got to know that you you serious, so. No, for, for sure, man. So now, guys, I want to shift over and start talking a little bit about the Paradise Project. So, uh, Richard, I know Paradise is something that you've been working with for a while. And uh, for those that aren't familiar with that project, the Paradise Boa has been around since Jeff Ronnie bred a Prodigy Boa to a Shark Boa. So this basically ended up producing a new visual combination that he named the Paradise Boa. And these boas tend to retain their color a little bit better than some of the other uh, uh, T-positive sharp complex boas, like the Paradigm or the Boa Woman Caramel. Yet, you know, despite, like, their awesome appearance, it seems like the project hasn't really been worked as hard as other sharp complex projects. So, Richard, what kind of attracted you? Why did you choose to start working with Paradise? I like Paradise because I I knew that I was already done with the sharps, and I... It gave me a different angle to take, you know, instead of just that, you know, binos and sunglows 
the time. I can uh, look obviously at a T positive um, proper included in it. So, um, obviously, you know, contacting Jeff, talking about, you know, WC product and that whole whatever mess in the sense. Um, chose to go with the Prodigy line just because I felt like it was a, it was there. Um, not to say it's not good BWCs up there. I just think that they're fine. And um, the same with the Prodigy, I think that it's, it's a lot of work to do. I think, um, you know, I've been coloring, you know, more um, Kodam Jr., uh, adding, you know, I, Mandarin Belly, you know, Amber, Purple, and Mandarin oh. Belly's like one of those jeans, man, that people just still are sleeping on, dude. They're sleeping. They're sleeping on that one. I think that's something mm-hmm. that as more, as we start seeing more of these animals in the States, I mean, Europe's all about it, but like right now in, mm-hmm. in, in the U.S., it seems that people are still asleep on that on that project. Yeah, I think um, it's going to, and like in most jeans, it's like everybody sees that visual and it's like, oh, wow, I got to go grab one, you know, and yeah. um some of the guys that are front runners and are, are you know surpassing you know plugging in new new and better things so um but far as the prodigy goes like i've been um i have a litter of uh holoquin um paradise mm. uh bows and wow uh high tech yeah I, I Damn, that's smart man that harlequin line of, of jungle is just you know it brings that really killer rich color into stuff in yeah Whew, that's smart. yeah those, that's, are, those are nice yeah, I like the Harlequins. I had um, I got a Harlequin uh, tech female. Uh, she proved to be sharp, and I brought her to a Paradise Sunglow. And um, I mean, she, and that's and that's another thing. When I say hue, purple hue, she has it. Yeah. And the baby shows, you know, it came off on some of the um, a lot of the babies have it. So, um, at plugging oh, a Paradise to those uh, animals with color and. And then at the pattern morphs, and then um, I think that it it arrivals some VPIs. I mean, some VPIs is, is extremely nice, uh, but I think you know some paradise arrival those. Oh, 100%, man! I think that's a super underrated gene right now. So, what are your what are some of the goals that you kind of have with this gene? You you talked a little bit about adding a little bit more color, but what are maybe some of the pattern morphs that you like to kind of stick into this to, to that you think would come out real nice? I think I'm, I'm gonna put um, the next and with this season coming. I have some um, these indie going to a paradise. Um, I want to put um, these raptors, and I want to try um, a mander member to to a paradise. So uh, obviously, you know that's, that's not pairing, but <laughs> still like that the. Co- um, the color is, is is good enough, and I think that um them two, that combination with the pattern is gonna be crazy. Yeah, no, it's absolutely gonna be pretty nuts, man. Mm. And like one of the things, like for example, that I think is gonna look absolutely killer, is when we start sticking, you know, that purple gene into the paradise. Because then at that point, if you can imagine, mm. for those that aren't familiar with the paradise, imagine sticking adding a purple hue to a VPI. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people, people just aren't appreciating how nice those paradise boas can be. Yeah, uh, they, because, yep. Because yep. I think a lot of people picked up uh, paradises from uh, Jeff Ronnie kind of originally, and I mean, 
this is not necessarily a bad thing, but maybe they were so satisfied with what the looks were. You know, they were like, yeah, this is good enough for now. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and there's only right. been a handful of dudes uh, that, that have looked at it and be like, ooh, I know how to make this better. And right. I think that, and I know that's one of the things, like, for example, I was talking with Chaz about, and that's really developing, like, that artist's eye, right, mm-hmm. for, for, for the, the future of a potential snake. Like, when me and Chaz were, like, hanging out and doing our podcast, like, and, you know, we were talking a lot on, on the air about various combinations, but off the air, man, we were just going crazy about what potentially different, you know, morphs could look like mixed in together that haven't been touched. And the reality is, like, us boa dudes really like we get off on that man that's that's our jam right there because like we really enjoy you know trying to think about what what is the future of a certain gene and what genes haven't been played with as much and i think and and for the people listening out there if y'all don't pick up some paradises now while they're relatively cheap i guarantee you you're gonna kick yourself in the ass fucking three years from now when mm-hmm. these combos start coming out and then you end up having to chase everybody you know right i mean yep. it, it it really comes down to that because i think this is you know i i knowing a lot of people within the hobby this is one of the rarest genes yet it's a gene that was developed in the states mm-hmm. you know what yep. i mean yeah the yep. the moment i knew it was a good one and i was already i had already made the decision of kind of getting away from sharps little by little but um when I saw a, I don't know if it was a Motley Paradise or Paradigm or a Prodigy, what it did with the Motley was great. When I saw that, I knew it was going to be good. It, it was just something I was going away with, but it, it kind of wanted me to get back into it, to be honest. Tell you, yeah, dog, think, take the leap, man, because you know, right. you know, with you. Right. See, but, as we were talking about offline, man, Serge is a sneaky, sneaky dude, man. Sneaky, you know, sir. He, hey, sir, you know, I already got about of them already purpled up and everything. We don't even know yeah, about man. it. We don't even know. He's probably got some indie par- purple paradises up at his house, and he just ain't telling nobody. And uh, what do people know about these? That I already got a whole bunch of whole backs on. You already got it, huh? You already got the whole vaccine. But no, man. The, the, the cool thing about Sergio is he's so quiet and so like nonchalant with 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 uh, his collection, right? But mm. like everybody else that's successful in the business, man, he's got the eye for it, you know? Yep, yep. I'm he telling you, Serge, if, he, if you, you might want to dive, just just dip your toe back into the sharp water. Just dip the toe, just tighten yeah, it in, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I thought about it because I do, I do have, like, a couple females that, you know, breeders that I just never bred them. So I could mm. get a nice Paradigm Prodigy male and... Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. There you go. There you go. There you go. Or even better, man. Pick up what if uh, if Richard produces some of those indies, you know. Grab yeah, if that you do. And toss it in there, dude. I, I think I will. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes two of us, man. That'd be. I um. Those are gonna be badass. The purple, the, the purple and prodigy, I think is gonna be real. Oh, purple VPI. It ain't far away, man. Keep oh, your it eye ain't out. Far away, people. If, yeah. if people haven't tried it, they're crazy. Because yeah, I'm yeah. definitely potential yeah. there. For sure. You starting to see you starting to see the purple hues in the VPI too, huh? Yep. Got one. Yep. I got I I got a male glow. He purple. I see you a picture. He I, I already there's our I got him from Europe. Like is 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 our is our happening. They label once I a breeder label with the purple VPI. Yeah. So um yeah it's it's starting it's starting to happen slowly, but um yeah right around yeah. the corner. 
right now, man, as a matter of fact, uh, as a matter of fact of just around the corner, and I don't want to, you know, jinx myself, but right <laughs> now I have a uh, male purple 66% HEP VPI breeding a red rum 66% HEP VPI. So let's see what happens from that. We don't know. We'll see. I have yeah, no idea crazy. what the hell that's going to end up looking like. But uh, I, yeah, if, I hope if, you prove. Yeah, if, if either one of those guys prove, man, that's going to be pretty tight. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. a nice breeding. Yeah, so we'll see, man. Um, that's nice. So, Richard, why do you think the Paradise Project is kind of slated to be one of the big projects of the future in this hobby? I think people are going to get burned out of VPS. And honest, That's I think um, I That's think a lot of people are, are jumping on it because it's, it's, it's like, the, you know, everybody want to jump on a new gene. It's cool. Like me personally, I always kind of, and I always been like this even when I was a kid, stand, you know, start my own. You know, I don't want to, I want what everybody got. And not, not, to, not nice because obviously I got VPS myself, but, um, you know, I want to start my own thing and, and start with something personally like and I believe it I think like I said before I think um, Paradise is going to be nice I think people actually start to focus on them uh, they're going to be able to you know hold on against any any VPN oh, 100% man alright guys so now we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back we're going to do the Dirty Dozen the Dirty Dozen All right, guys, we're back, and now it's time for the Dirty Dozen. Richard, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you 12 questions. You give me 12 answers. They can be as long or as short as you want them to be, okay? Yep. All right, man, number one, what's the size of your current collection? About 200. I don't know. 200, nice. Yeah, no, exactly. Damn, how do you do it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you probably got about four over there, huh? No. Right. <laughs> no. Same, same as you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got half of what y'all got. I got about 100, man. And I'm pretty, pretty busy. You're probably with happy with that, too, though. Yeah, Let's man. Work. It's manageable for here. You know, I don't, yep. need, a, I don't yeah. need a facility. You know, I can still do it at home. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Number two, uh, husbandry related question. Are you a frozen and thawed guy or a live guy? And what's your betting of choice? Uh, frozen. Um, and I use it. Okay. Yep. Nice. Nice. All right. Number three. What's your favorite morph? <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah. Uh. Can't say I got a favorite morph. Say purple shark. Purple shark, man. That's a good it's one. Like most of yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, number four. What is the most overrated morph in your opinion? I can't say just one of those. I got a couple of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> man, fire. Fire, one of them. Fire is overrated. It look like a clean normal. Um, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Uh, I think snowballs is overrated, even though I got some. Um, I, I, I need it for certain projects that I'm doing. Um they look good as bad, but they end up yellowing out to me. And then uh, I know you said one, but IMG, IMGs, I think having all black snakes, five five to ten of them is just too much. Um, and they turn all black anyway. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those, those, those bowls are overrated to me. 
All right, number five. What is the most underrated morph? Uh, I would say the Inca. Ooh. I think Inca underrated. Oh hell yeah, it's underrated. That's yeah. actually a good one, man. And that's one that people still are still aren't really working with, man. People are sleeping yeah. on them. A lot of the central guys are starting to work more with the Incas, mm. but you know the average Colombian keepers, you know, sleeping on those still. Yeah. I think Incas are very underrated, man. I've seen work that's being done with them across the water, and they they pattern to a with a lot of people, you know, mm -hmm. influence in it, and a lot of morphs don't do that, you know. They end up breaking the patterns up because hold they pattern when you uh, a lot of like and some 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 morphs like you know get broken up because when you put hypo into it, even as well. Um, Key West is 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 broken up, but um, Inca 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 I think is a underrated um, morph. Awesome. I agree. Number six. What's your favorite part of the hobby? Breeding, so breeding, and you know, and and discovering um, new genetics. Um, I got about uh, three right now that uh, I um, from wild animals that I'm working with. And uh, we'll be releasing them maybe, maybe this year or maybe next year. That's awesome. I'm discovering new metal. Yeah. You know what? That's something that I think a lot of people in the boa industry still haven't gotten into as much as they should have. And that's really what, you know, in the ball python industry, they call dink dinkers, right? People mm -hmm. dinkering around with new potential genetics. I love doing that, man. I've yep. I've been fortunate enough to prove out two, uh, two genes within the ball python industry, right? that are that were fairly new and you know i love looking at a trade on a wild caught animal and then trying to see if it can be reproduced reproduced the problem though and i think the reason that a lot of people don't do it in the bow industry is because it takes so long man it requires so much right patience. right because you can put so much money and time into into a pair of snakes and then and, nothing and, shit don't <laughs> and, <laughs> and it don't rule yep yep yep, yep. But, but man, I, that, that's when it one proves it's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take that chance. I ain't in a rush. Um, I got some old emails in there. I ain't even touched them yet. So, um, <laughs> I ain't, I said I'm I, I'm in a rush. But yeah, I just um new genetics. Um, it's, it's, it's nice. All right, man. Number seven. What is the worst part of the hobby for you? Cleaning. Oh, I'm cleaning with you, man. I, I, yeah. I hear guys like Thomas saying that they get the Zen thing out of cleaning, man. I hate clean snake food. <laughs> uh, cleaning, cleaning is is one of the worst things. Uh, I, I set a I set a pretty day, day aside a week to get in there and take care of everything. So have my, uh, sometimes I bring my nephew over to help. That's just, what's up, man. Just get it, That's what's get up. it done faster. So, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I do, man. I got kids. So now, right, yeah, now that's a chore yeah. up in my house. <laughs> right. I ain't got no kids yet. So right now, they they my helpers. They help me, though. They get done. They like, man, Uncle, I ain't, I ain't got time to be uh, getting bit. They get bit once, and now they scared. I had to get them snake hooks. So I'm like, you good? Go ahead. You, you know, he ain't going to use the hook. You good. And they, be start, they start hissing. They're like, we got this in Detroit. I'm like, yeah. You can take a snake back home to get you, but then you can come back and <laughs> help me. So, and cleaning is, um, is, is, is it. That's it. Yeah, man. All right, man. Number eight. Do you have any other species? And if not, are there any other species that you would like to eventually get? 
Uh, no. I, I only have bowls at the moment, but uh, I do plan on diving into some other arms. Uh, Blood Python's kind of been on my mind. I'm starting to really like those. Yeah, dude. Blood Pythons are... That whole industry is actually pretty badass, man. Yeah. Like, I, I like some of the, the genetics that are being done with it, like the, that magpie blood. That thing's yeah. that thing's hot, man. Yeah, that thing's a badass. Yeah, the 007s. I, I, oh yeah, uh, yeah. They they're nice, man. Um, yeah, blood I, I, pythons. Oh yeah, I, I love seeing uh, who is it? Cold blooded creations and like the the blood stuff that they have over there, man. Whew. Awesome. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. That's that, that. Those are nice. Like um, I thought about getting you know tree boas. Um, and I thought about some Madagascar um, ground was uh, Madagascar the actual ground boy, but right. uh, some Madagascar. I don't even know how to pronounce the name. I forgot it. Maybe send yeah. east or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I've been looking at some some different um, morphs just besides uh, number nine. What is a common misconception people have about you? Uh, in the bull community or just in general, um, either or. Uh, well, in the bull community, like I said, people think that um, you're stuck up or you will be stuck up. What type of collection that you have? Um, right. The type of collection that you have, and um, they think you, you know, I'm like, I'm sick by. Tall black dude, they think that I'm mean. <laughs> I'm mean or something, but you know, I'm normal. Earth, I'm easy to talk to, easy to get on with. You know? Yeah, and um, that's one of the misconceptions that uh, people have with me. Yeah, no, that's good, man. Uh, number 10, what makes you say, What was I thinking when you look back at your time in the hobby? Uh, <laughs> Some of the projects I told I dived into too fast. What the heck? Wish I could give them back. No, um, yeah, like like I said, Impulse Buys was just, you know, not, not really taking my time and doing my research. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 like we said before, it is what it is with Impulse Buys. Right. It's, like a, it's a it's a normal thing to do when you're right. young in the hobby and you're excited. And you yep. got a little bit of money in your pocket, and then you're like, ooh, I'm going to get this because it looks dope as hell. And then you get another thing because it looks awesome, and then you start learning the genetics, and you're like, oh, shit, what uh, did I just do? <laughs> yep, this ain't it. So, um, yeah, that, that's one of them. Awesome, man. All right, number 11, what's one tip you would give the people looking to invest in boas? Try the best example. Can get. Um, I, for example, when I went pick out certain snakes, they show me, you know, what's for sale, and I say, hey, uh, "Let me see your hold back." Oh yeah! And oh yeah! Yep. They, As a matter of uh, fact, well, you hit not, me up with that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's that's the truth, man. That's the magical question. Show me your holdback, right? Yeah, I want to see your holdback and see how that compares. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't offer guys money for their holdback. It's not for sale. 
hey, I don't care if I gotta pay, you know, an extra four or five hundred dollars or whatever, you know, maybe to get, you know, get the animal off that person. And um, I just would like, you know, try to get the the best example you can possibly get. And if whatever caught your eye that morph or that gene, and if you see it in that animal, you probably shouldn't get it. You know, yeah. Not 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 say that you know it'd be the best example. Of everything. I had the best example of every single morph, you know, but I, I got something that goes to it. So um, just trying to pick quality animals. That's awesome, man. All right, final one, number 12. Any shout-outs you want to throw out there? Uh, uh, Shout-out to guys, you and um Sergio. <laughs> shout-out to uh, uh, Cobb, Aries, and Mike Roscoe, Randy Silverman. Um, Slav, Slav is a old guy. Um, Jefferson, uh, Jeff, Ronnie, Roni. Sorry if I slept his name, but um, you know, them guys are guys I, I tend to talk to. Rich, um, Darren Cali, Richard's, um, RC, yep. a lot of, yeah, a lot of guys I, um, I stay in contact with him, you know, I put up Thomas Cobb from time to time um you know shout out to all them guys awesome man well guys that wraps it up for today uh richard tell the people out there where they can learn more about you and see your, some of your animals uh my page on um facebook all star constrictors um i also um have the group ball fanatics uh me and slav created the group you know probably about you know, three or four years ago, um, and just the group that wasn't um, dealt with drama at the time. You know, I was yeah. coming in trying to, you know, establish myself and constantly, you know, defending myself and me and Slav. Um, obviously, you know, I hit him up like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm tired of dealing with all this, and he was like, hey, let's create a group. So. And he ended up thinking of the name and starting it, and then it, it took off from there. And uh, we try to, you know, keep things clean and, you know, let everybody have their opinion. Because, you know, this this day and age, by having an opinion, they don't know how to actually voice it. And, um, right. or they, you know, they people find it disrespectful uh, on how they deliver it. And um, I still want, you know, the hobby to be cool and fun, but people should be able to you know, tell you how they feel without, you know, people getting all pissed off about certain things. And, um, I think they take these animals a little bit too serious. Um, uh, and some, some people may be, you know, all they have, but, um, with me it's not. And I think that in that case, um, with a lot of people, and I think you just should enjoy the snakes and the hobby, what it is and, and not, you know, find so much, try to try to get so caught up in, um, the things that don't matter, you know, and uh, I actually think uh, the group is good. Both fanatics, I post a lot in there. You can contact me on Facebook directly, Richard, and you know, it's me up. Awesome, awesome, man, Sergio. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, Sergio Hernandez on Facebook and on Morph Market and Instagram, Sergio Hernandez Reptiles. Yep, and then for me, Morphs Unleashed on Instagram. Guys, we appreciate you listening. We are out. Guys, that was a great episode. Thanks to Richard Field of All Star Constrictors for joining us. Join us on our next episode as we speak with Brandon Nixon of Brandon Nixon Reptiles. 
We're going to talk about his work with the Fire Gene, his time in the Marine Corps, and he's going to give us some tips for taking better photographs of our boas. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Do us a favor. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Until next time, grow them slow.